spooky factory <laughs> we got all kinds of things you want ghosts hanging from the ceiling we got it you want like, spiders we got we got them too and gerald's terrified <laughs> of them <laughs> it's not a healthy work environment asbestos none of it we it, it's actually it's not too bad once you get used to it <laughs> I got that. I got that pizza power. I'm ready to record. Whoa, are you a ninja turtle? Oh my gosh. I sure hope not. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. Those fellas got a whole other list of things they have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, like being a turtle person. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough stuff. Hello, and welcome to Wholesome Spooks. This isn't the intro, is it? Uh, hello. And hello. Welcome hi. To Hello. Chili's. Welcome to Chili's. Welcome to Chili's. <laughs> no. Okay. Hi. What? How do we start the show? How did? <laughs> Doesn't matter. As long as we say hello and our names is fine, right? Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Hi. Welcome to Wholesome Spooks. I'm Justin. And I'm Jordan. It's a show where we talk about spooky things in a not so spooky way. Folks, we are <laughs> we are rusty, apparently. Yeah. But for good reason, we we done survived the ice storm of the century. Yeah, has it been that long since we were? I guess it has. We were, yeah, like some behind the scenes. I feel like we were fully set to like ramp up production and stuff. We had like a list of movies and things that we were gonna cover, and then everything froze over, and we lost yep. power for like a week and a half. Yeah, I I was lucky. I kept power, but I didn't plug in my PC to like conserve energy. Right. I just kind of blobbed in my bed. Mm -hmm. So, but we're here now, and we're it's, here now. It's all good. It's gonna be cozy. We're gonna have yeah. fun. I am determined. I feel like this is gonna be a super rad episode. I'm really excited about this episode. I'm interested in how I will try to make it wholesome. Yes. <laughs> There's there's definitely a moment, and we'll get to our... I like that we started doing the um, trigger warnings and content warnings in the last yes. episodes. So I think we'll keep that going. Overarching trigger warning for the whole show is definitely like, it's horror. Yes. People are probably gonna die. So that might be a thing. But if there's anything like super egregious yes, yeah, or yeah, worth yeah. mentioning, we'll we'll cover it. Um, oh boy, is there. So today we're going to be talking about The Evil Dead, the first movie, not the series, not the remake, not the TV show, just not the, the musical. Not the musical. That's a thing. Uh -huh. Just just the first movie. It'll be mm -hmm. real fun. Before we do that though, I know there's there's been a lot of preamble to the to the show. I want to take a step into the Correction Cafe real quick. <gasps> Oh, and everyone get a cup of Joe. Yes, yes. We're going to address something from 
from the previous episode. We probably won't do this a ton unless, I don't know, I just felt the need to for this one. Uh, but yeah. Hi, welcome to the Correction Cafe where we serve you up a nice slice of humble pie. Uh, I'm your server, Bunny. Did you know in your last episode uh, on Freaky that you got a couple things wrong? Pretty shocking, <gasps> I know. The, the guy that got his head smashed by a bottle was actually decapitated and somehow you missed that. Justin, you big dingus. Me too. I don't know how we both missed that. I don't, I don't mm, know. Delicious pie. Mm. So good. Mm. <laughs> and also, uh, Christopher Landon, the director, is an openly gay man. And so he uh, wanted to incorporate a gay character that was very open about their sexuality. And so that's why Josh is like that TM. But that doesn't stop it from being kind of weird. Uh, yeah. but I feel like it's very important. Christopher Landon seems like a cool dude, uh, but that's it. That's 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 the, that's all the pie you get for today. Here's a tip. That's not how restaurants work, but don't put coffee grounds into your sink. Don't do oh, it. Oh, why? It'll clog it up. Oh. Big mess at the Correction Cafe. <laughs> well, I'm learning so many things today. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. Bye, Bunny. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, yeah. hi. Yeah, some delicious pie. <laughs> that's what that's what I think all commenters sound like whenever we get corrected. Uh, <laughs> did, did anyone correct us? I didn't even read. <laughs> did anyone correct us? No, I think we're good for now. It's, well, I'm, I'm anticipating it. I'm anticipating Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go way up in your nose. Yeah, that character needs a name too. Uh, mm. So let's just hop into it now we've been we've been wanting to record this forever and now we're here this, this is the second movie that we got to watch together yeah i kind of like just watching them together it's really fun i would like to sometime like somehow on patreon like let people listen to us react maybe to a movie we haven't seen before i think that'd be mm -hmm. really cool yeah so you had seen this like once right I think I'd seen this one a couple times, but forever ago, I'd seen the remake once. Okay. Because I pointed out, I was like, are they not going to do this thing? And I was like, ah, oh, that's the remake. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I thought I hadn't even seen the remake, but I had. Okay. I, I've i seen all of them, but the remake and most of the TV show, I think. Yeah, you're, you're way ahead of me. It's very fun. And Nizna watched it with us, too, mm -hmm. as his first time watching it. And I forget... It's watching this for the first time is an experience. It really is. This movie was released in 1981. It is a product of Sam Raimi. He wrote and directed it uh, and did a ton of things for it. It was like his first major movie. You probably know him. If you if you grew if you was a 90s kid, you probably know him from directing the uh, Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. Who is Spider-Man? He's a criminal, that's who he is. A vigilante, a public menace. The best Spider-Man. He's a mega nerd. Miles uh, Morales. <laughs> I love Miles so much. I know, me too. He's carried a lot of like the things that set precedent in this movie forward into pretty much everything he's done. This movie got an NC-17 uh, rating when it came out, and we'll get into why later that's probably an actual actually really good segue into our uh, specific trigger warning for this film trigger it, warning it is gory as hell the There's gore is like 
super campy. So it's not too bad, but like there's some moments where if you're a little squeamish, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. There's a couple moments I'm not even squeamish where I'm like mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and then the bigger one that we will get to is that there is a scene of sexual assault. We'll talk about it, but even Sam Raimi to this day is like, yeah, I kind of regret putting that in my movie, and we'll get into yeah. into why. I um, watching that with people. I don't know how I watched that movie with my parents. <laughs> Because, like, watching it with you and this, though, I was just like, I'm uncomfortable. Right. The first time I watched it, I was by myself, and it felt like it took forever. Um, yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah. I didn't know it was so early, either. I forgot it was so early. Mm-hmm. But just there's there's that warning. Um. So, and we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll give you, like, a notice right before we talk about that scene. But, yeah. The Evil Dead is based on Raimi's 1978 short, uh, Within the Woods. Um, which also starred Bruce Campbell and Ellen Sandweiss, who played uh, Cheryl, uh, Ash's sister in the movie. Um, I have a ton of fun facts about even just that short, but what should we what should we talk about first? Mm, I mean, they got the funding for the movie from the short, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just from people liking and they got the funding. Uh, a fact I found was that Stephen King was such a huge fan of the Evil Dead that that's like how they got a shit ton of their funding for the second one. Huh, okay. Uh, his fans kind of all pitched in with him and funded it. Oh, that's very cool. Sam Raimi's also like a huge uh, horror fan, and so you can you can spot a lot of references and stuff. I guess I can talk a little bit about the, the short that it was based off of. Yeah, yeah, um, you can do that, and then we can just like talk about plot. Yeah, because a lot of it did carry over to the main thing if you thought if you thought this movie had a low budget oh boy the short that it was based on had a budget of sixteen hundred dollars it's <laughs> 32 minutes long uh, it was filmed on super 8 which is like super very small picture quality plot wise it's pretty much the same it's about like these two couples who go camping uh, uh the major difference is that in the short, they go camping on what is a, quote, Indian burial ground. There's a bunch of mystic mumbo jumbo, but I think in the movie it's like Sumerian or something like that. I believe I have made a significant find in the Kandarian runes, a volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. It's it's a product of the time. Um, yeah, very eighties, very eighties. Oh, Ancient burial ground. Yes, crazy uh, words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the other major thing in the in the short is that Bruce Campbell's character, who's just called Bruce in this in the short, um, he dies like very early on and becomes like the first deadite or zombie character. Um, and so he is like stalking all his friends throughout the movie and ellen sandweiss uh, is essentially the final girl which they kind of flip when they brought it to like a full feature that's really interesting there's a couple of like scenes that like shot for shot were remade when they did the the full movie there's a scene where he chews off his hand and there's a couple of like the part where the ankle gets grabbed and like other 
things like that. Here's a fun fact I figured that you would appreciate. Uh, when they went to show within the woods for a long time, it was double featured with the Rocky Horror Picture Show in oh, 1979. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so because it was Super 8, it was like a square footage that took up, I think it said like less than a quarter of the screen from a projector that they had to wheel in. So very determined and somehow still blew up and and got them funding for this bigger picture. I think that's smart too, because Rocky Horror blew up as well. Oh yeah, you want to talk about two things with like a cult following like... Yep. This first movie in Rocky Horror definitely fit that mold. That is probably why I watched this movie growing up. Because mm. my dad is like he would dress up and go to live like rocky horror shows like in 79 in the 80s mm -hmm. so he probably saw like the short oh that's really cool i don't know if they like toured with the short but i know they for oh. sure did with the the final movie oh i did find the eight page script and the uh short online and i uh, i shared it with you I, I skimmed through the short because it's so pixelated. It's kind of hard yeah. to watch online. Uh, but I was this, like, I'm going to watch this, and then I did not. Yeah, the, the script is <laughs> um, but Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it got made. We want to get into like production of the full movie. Um, Sam Raimi turned uh, 20 right before they started filming it. He, Bruce Campbell, and their producer, I think his name is like Robert Tapper, something like that. They all dropped out of college to make this movie, essentially. Um, risky, but it worked out for them. Oh, yeah. He, he has known Bruce Campbell uh, since 1975. In an interview that I read with Ellen Sandweiss, uh, she said that the three of them used to do high school theater together. Aww. So they're just all, they're all they a bunch of nerds. Friends. Yeah, little nerds. Mm -hmm. That's cute. I mean, it shows because the movie is really good. Like, despite being campy and like low budget it's really it's like it's loved for a reason because it's very good right it was filmed in an abandoned cabin in tennessee and i have so i have an entire page of just like the nightmare that was production but we can get into the basic plot first if yeah. you want to do that can you, can you stay at the cabin so <laughs> so no uh because well, one, it's it is private property now. Um, although yeah. people do still go there and loot part of it. Um, production was so haggard that towards the end of it, they were like actually burning furniture and stuff to stay warm. Um, oh no! Because there was no electricity or running water there, and Ooh. so I think in an unrelated incident, the cabin was burned down uh, oh. or destroyed. Rip. But you can still go to like where the plot of land is and people will like take stones and stuff. What's cool. You can go um, kind of related, but you can go stay and like eat at the house that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is filmed in. It's in Texas. Huh. I yeah. would not want to. <laughs> it's like a bed and breakfast. It's really cute. They, like it obviously doesn't look the same because it was kind of just like a set house. You oh, know? Okay. So they, it's more like a museum, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's on this like really old railroad that has a B and B, and they have like ghost tours and stuff. Okay, I might, I yeah. might be more into that. Yeah, it looks really cute, and the menu at the restaurant looks amazing. There's no like, it's not like a themed restaurant. It's just like, oh, here's like a little bit about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then also here's our cute restaurant. Mm hmm. Huh. That is very neat. Maybe we should check it out. Bonus content. We're gonna go there. 
Oh my god, I really <laughs> want to so bad. It's only like a few hours from here. We'll do like, we'll become vloggers and be like, what's up gamers? We're here <laughs> at the Texas Chainsaw House. That'd be uh, so fun. I've always wanted to be a vlogger. I want to be a vlogger. I want to vlog stuff and go places, you know, like, hey guys, I'm eating a food. Wow. I I definitely might have tried doing that a couple times. Um That's anyway. cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Many of those videos do not exist any longer. Heck. Do you want to go over uh the basic plot? Yeah, so broadly. It's these people, these friends. They're all just getting away to the cabin. Do they say why? They're like just going on a little trip. Like, I think it's just like a break and they say yeah. it's dirt cheap. So they're just going to go. Yeah. Get, yeah, they do. They're going to get high you know. and drink. Yeah, they're like, we're going to go party. Wow, we're friends. And like, it's two couples and then one girl who's not a couple. Mm -hmm. And like. Uh, and they're going to this cabin and they get there and they're like, oh, wow, a cabin. There's a basement. And they're like, let's go in it, which is stupid. And then <laughs> so they go in the basement and they find this book and these tapes. And the book is scary looking. And they open it and they're reading it and they're listening to the tapes and they're like, the tapes like, oh, I said these things. And then my wife became a zombie and they had to chop her up. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant, but are never truly dead. They may be recalled to active life through the incantations presented in this book. It is through recitation of these passages that the demons are given license to possess the living. Well, they keep listening to it, and he reads the things into the tape, and then the ground is shaking, and like all these, like, they're kind of like demon things, like, they've been sleeping, they've been taking a nap. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome. Ah, they're napping. <laughs> These teenagers came in and woke them up for no reason. Mm -hmm. So they're angry because they've been woken up from their nap. And they're like, oh, we're just going to possess you and fuck with you. And then you have to come join us. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. So then it's just them killing them and like being zombies and mm -hmm. all, the, all the shenanigans. And then the ending whenever... And they get out. One of them gets out. Yes. That's <laughs> um but shenanigans ensue in between, but mm -hmm. that's the plot summary. It's like, ah, crazy zombies. Kind they, of they're not really zombies. They're like No, they're not called dead. deadites in this first movie, but that is the term that they will use in like the sequels and the series. Mm -hmm. So we can if you want to call them zombies, that that's probably okay. Um yeah, well, because I don't really like zombie movies that much. Right. And it's different because they each... But the, my favorite part about the Deadites is they have, like, their own personalities. Mm-hmm. They're all just like, Like, they all act differently. Yeah. Which I think is cool. That's, that's a cool idea. So they're all kind of, like, individual demons and stuff that slowly mm -hmm. possess everybody. Except yeah. for our main character, Ash, who is our final guy. Um, our final himbo yes it's it's a pretty basic uh plot uh that <laughs> changes as the universe expands and gets more and more wild with each sequel and stuff but this one is pretty straightforward and that's not like a knock on it uh, i think when you hear like simple and stuff people are like oh so it's not good um no but I like it 
things. Yeah, it, it lends itself well to like the visual storytelling and the thing that Sam Raimi wants to do. And that is just like have a bunch of blood and gore and like dark comedy. Um, yeah. And so it works. It works really well together. I talked a little bit about the cabin itself, how it was just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> I have here in my notes that The Evil Dead is the most non-student student film ever. Um, okay. Because the production of it sounds like it would have been actual hell. <laughs> they had actual injuries and illnesses that occurred uh, due to the lack of water and electricity that I mentioned. There was no heat, so they had to burn furniture to keep warm. One of the actresses, I think it was the one who played Linda... I'm at their names i'm so bad at their that's names. okay i don't think we have to memorize them for this one betsy baker accidentally had her eyelashes ripped off because oh. the uh makeup was so heavy and caked on and not oil-based which i think is what keeps it keeps makeup from like ripping hairs oh uh, god oh yeah it's this is real dangerous the contacts that they wore bruce campbell described them as being quote like tupperware um you could only wear them for like 15 minutes at a time before you had to take them off because they did not let the eye breathe Um, what was supposed (laughs) what's up just why i you they're cheap and easy and as someone who's like been on film sets before you eventually reach a point where you're just like fuck it, we have to get this done because there is no money and we're not going to be able to come back to this space. That last part wasn't an issue, but the money definitely was. You would think that like, oh, this was probably shot in the course of like, you know, a couple weeks or whatever. Production took months because they had to stop at points to go beg for money. Ah, Like, (laughs) Like there are a ton of interviews where they were just like, yeah, we put on suits and we like... I mean, Sam Raimi was literally like 20 years old, so they would just go to like people and be like, hey, can we have money for our thing? They would wait tables and do dishes and just like whatever they could to put this thing together. It got to the point where Sam Raimi literally worked himself into exhaustion and would pass out on set, like just standing up, I think. I read one thing where it was like, yeah, he passed out, so we just poured a bucket of like freezing water on him and waited for him to wake up. Which again, no power, no heat. Bad idea, maybe. Sounds horrible. I hope nobody ever has to do anything like that ever again. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it is the, it, it is a result of just like inexperience, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Sam Raimi was also kind of reportedly a dick on set. He likes, yeah, he, he liked, uh, torturing his actors because he thought like discomfort would lead to real horror on film no Um, Uh, i hate that yeah it seemed like there was some tension especially if people are like getting sick and stuff but on the bright Mm -hmm. side in hindsight most of the cast and crew um to this day look back at this time fondly even though parts of it seem to be super difficult dang yes at least they liked it yeah, uh-huh. And it seemed to work out for him. The guy who played Scotty, I think. Freaking um, Scotty. Scotty's the worst. But I the the actor apparently didn't know that the movie got super successful until like way after. And they didn't bring him back for any of the sequels, so he's just like, Oh, 
cool, I guess. Yeah. Nobody told him? No, it's just like, I mean, you had your, like, group of four friends, and then the rest of them was just like, hey, do you know this guy who can act in our movies? Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess I know somebody. That's so funny. So that's that's just some of the, the nonsense that they had to deal with. Oh, that scene you were talking about, do you want to hear something funny? Yes, of course. I love hearing funny things. That scene where they were uh, listening to the audio tape section, which mm -hmm. uh, that cassette or that tape player belonged to Bruce Campbell's dad. That's a fun fact. That's just cute. Oh, um, thank you. The script called for them to be high while they were listening to it. And because it was a bunch of 20 year olds, they sure <laughs> got high as hell. Wait, they were supposed <laughs> to be high in that scene? Yeah, so they were, they got like blazed out of their minds trying to film that scene and ended up not being able to use any of it because the actors were just so like rambunctious and boisterous that it was just like not salvageable. Oh so, man, I want to see that footage so bad. Right, so they had, they had to reshoot that later. Oh man, I want to see the original so bad now. Yeah, it would be. It'd be very funny. As a Greek friend of mine once said, uh, <laughs> party down! Yeah. We can just run through like the plot now if you want. Yeah, that sounds like, like a good idea. Beat for beat, like bam, bam, bam. Yeah, real quick. We'll, we'll take turns and see how well we, we can remember this. Oh no! <laughs> okay, so they're in a car. They go to the cabin. We talked about mm -hmm. that. There's five young adults. The bench is swinging. It's like, thunk, 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 and then they get the weird keys off the door and they're like, it stops. And that's where I would leave. Yes. That's this cabin is, <laughs> does not look cozy or romantic or anything. It's a bad nope. scene. That first day, nothing major happens, although they're just like, oh, this, is, this is weird. They find the basement, I think, right? Um, yeah. And there's like dead animals and stuff hanging from the ceiling. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's really not... I would, I'd be like, why did I get this so cheap? Walk in and be like, no, never mind. That's why. <laughs> this is why I'm leaving. I mean, the first half or the first bit goes like pretty soon. Um, Ash's sister, uh, Cheryl, who we mentioned earlier, um, right away is just like, I don't want to be here. Things are weird. Um, she's an artist and she's like sketching in her sketchbook and her hand starts to do stuff by itself. Um, drawing yeah, pictures. Like draws pictures and she's like hmm mm -hmm. no <laughs> yeah it, it draws the uh do i have the name necronomicon ex mortis the the book of the dead essentially and they listen to the tapes and the house like starts bumping in a groove in um yeah because the there's all like blah, 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 blah. yeah and it, it was already kind of going before we got like that one uh, tracking shot of the the beast or whatever it is in the forest mm -hmm. um and so i think this just kind of like exacerbates the situation and then they got ghosts and demons they woke the mom <laughs> the book is very cool i like the prop this is when there's like couple stuff going on so scotty and his girlfriend are like making out how this man has a girlfriend who knows i don't know he sucks so much. He's the worst then, kind of frat boy. Yeah, he's like the worst. Mm. And then 
Ash is giving his girlfriend like a necklace mm-hmm. with, a, with a little like looking glass thing on it. Yeah. And they're like, aw, cute. And then they're like making out. How? No, this does not seem like an atmospheric makeout place, but. No, and that scene is kind of cute, though, where he's like yeah. pretending to be asleep and stuff. It's so cute. That's when he's a himbo. But you said he stops being a himbo. He stops respecting women. Yeah, it's sad. That's so ridiculous. Why mm. Why would you make him not a himbo? He's so <laughs> stupid. I can't wait to get into him being like so stupid. Just the worst. <laughs> it's um, so funny. But um, then the, the sister, she runs outside for some reason. She sees something and she's like, ah, and then runs into the woods. And this is where the trigger warning is. Yes. Yeah. Um, so here is our, our sexual assault, um, warning. She is being chased by, I guess, the beast or the unknown presence in the woods when she is grabbed by a tree and it like starts <laughs> ripping her clothes off. Sorry for laughing. It's just like. No, describing it is wild. It's just uh, out of nowhere, like a weird porno. Like out yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. Weird. It like ties her up on the ground and then assaults her before she is able to get away and find her brother Ash. Uh, is pretty short, but it is very upsetting. It feels long, and also like, who the heck's gonna believe her? Hey, this tree attacked me in a very sexual manner. Yeah. Uh-huh. no sure it did you need to go to sleep <laughs> you know? yeah no it's it's wild like the tricks they used for that scene they shot it in reverse because there's a couple of shots where like there are vines crawling up her legs um so that was shot in reverse because that they, does look cool they actually just like pulled it off like i mentioned sam raimi has said in interviews that he regrets that scene um because he said it's gratuitous uh and it was a product of his uh incorrect judgment like keeping Mm. in mind he was a 20 year old dude and 20 year old film students are the fucking worst yeah he just wanted the shock factor you know right right like how crazy these like demon things are Mm -hmm. um and i didn't i didn't want to just get his opinion because i feel like as we have talked about previously before um the history of violence against women in horror is like super prevalent and this is no exception. Um, so I did find an interview with Ellen Sandweiss, who played the girl in that scene, and she talked about her experience uh, with it. So they actually brought her back for the TV show, um, which is super cool because like for the sequels and stuff, they don't really bring back many of the characters at all. Each one is kind of like a soft reboot. So it's nice that she was brought back all after like all this time. She said in interviews that she still loves Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. Um, and she said that like with that scene specifically, if it were to be remade today, she is like, sure, without like, without a doubt that it would be done much differently with that in mind. She says that entertainment in general still needs women in executive and leadership positions and all levels of production, um, Mm -hmm. which is definitely, definitely true. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) You said that you would watch the 2013 version which also includes this scene, although it's done yep. a bit differently. It doesn't seem as long. I remember it not seeming as long. 
Right. So part of that, like, oh, like it's like implied. Mm-hmm. When they went to uh, remake slash create the sequel for the movie, uh, initially the scene was not included in the script, and they had an executive producer be like, "Hey, where's my tree scene?" So like they wrote it back into the script. But when it was done in 2013, they tried to make it more of a symbolic thing. So it's not nearly as explicit or gratuitous and it happens in like a dream-like state which is 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 something um you could argue that like hey you don't need to hey hey you don't need to include assault against women in your horror movie especially it just doesn't like again it's not the first time that we've brought up like treatment of women but like it's a pretty damning piece of evidence that like shit was whack um, yeah, and why did they have to keep it? It doesn't do anything for the plot at all. Right. Like, it's not like there's some big moral lesson mm-hmm. or anything. Like, it's just like, oh, a scary tree touch lady. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just like, <laughs> so that is that is that scene. Um, I feel like we had to go into, like, a bit more detail. Um, yeah. Just, like, from a critical standpoint. It's our, it's our hot take. It's not even that hot of a take, really, if you think about it. That's a hot take. Why are you watching? They're listening to this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, um... Right. I don't know. Like, I'm sure a lot of people defend that scene, but I'm just like, nah, I don't really like, like, assault scenes. Yeah, no. And even, no. like, <laughs> even in the context of the rest of it, like, some of the, the gore and stuff is over the top, but it is still, like, kind of slapstick and, like comedic and this just does not fit the tone of it no at all so yeah moving on from that she gets back to the cabin and tries to uh have ash who she calls ashley uh drive her back into town she's like i don't care i will stay literally anywhere else as long as i don't have to stay here smart smart of her to be like i'm leaving Mm-hmm. so they get in the car and she's like it's not gonna start the forest doesn't want us to leave but it does start and they start to drive away. Have we talked? We haven't talked about the amount of like fog throughout this entire movie. Yeah, I remember Justin was like, how much of the budget was used on dry eyes? This movie is so dang foggy. It's ridiculous. There's always like some kind of fog machine somewhere. Uh-huh. Like anytime they turn a corner, fog. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is like a great way to like hide some of your cheaper special effects and stuff, but it is just kind of it's just funny. <laughs> it's really funny yeah. because there's no like bodies of water anywhere really um, that they come across. Yeah, just the like creek that they cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of, they start to drive <laughs> back to town. Uh, and they park the car because they hear noises, like this weird, like creaky sound effect, not like water creak, but like metal creak. Um, and they get out and the bridge that they crossed has just been like completely thrashed. Um, so just like, it's gone. There's no cross in that thing. So they head back to the cabin, uh, to relay the information. Um, It's not where I would want to be. I would be like, oh no. Yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> They're playing cards. They're playing They're cards. Like Everything comfy. is chill for a bit. And then comfy. and then it's not. Cheryl becomes possessed. Uh, ah. 
have you disturbed our sleep, awakened us from our ancient slumber. <laughs> you will die like the others before you. One by one, we will take you. She's like floating. She's like floating in the air. Yeah. Yeah. The special effects are real cool. Because um, cool. her skin is like all green and she's got a wig and she's got those terrible contacts in. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, she had them in like the rest of the movie. Right. Which I think. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I know that like they did a lot of stuff where they would like substitute. Uh, I forget what the proper term is. Uh, but like if an actor or something wasn't available, they would just use like a random person to fill in, especially if it was like the back of their body or like a hand or something like that. So Sam Raimi's brother, uh, Ted, who I think would have been like 17 at the time, uh, was present throughout this. And like he fills in for like some of the monsters in later movies. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then from here, they're just kind of slowly picked off i guess you you mentioned it while we were watching there's a lot of like really prolonged scenes where it's just like the demons are laughing or making weird noises and it's just like a lot of cutting back and forth yeah i forgot the noise oh no it's like (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty accurate i don't know they're like so weird and they just it's like long shots of nothing right and i know it's it's a budget thing but Mm -hmm. i was just like it makes you laugh because it's uncomfortable. Right, right. It's just like you laugh because it's like, what is happening here? Uh-huh. So Cheryl- also- <laughs> oh, oh, go on, go on. I was just going to say, Cheryl attacks Linda, um, like stabs a pencil in her ankle, which, oh my gosh, that effect was nasty. That one was nasty. Cheryl goes into shock and they have to like let her rest and treat her later. Um, but Scotty and Ash manage to... Uh, lock cheryl in the basement that they explored earlier um, yes they like chain it down and stuff uh, and this also starts um ash getting thrown into things or oh, falling into so, bookshelves repeatedly it's so funny that's I, my favorite part of the movie it's just ash running into things or falling over or getting thrown into things it's so funny right so ash is is effectively our final guy for this thing and so you would think that like you know if you if you watch other horror especially like slasher things with that final girl trope you'd think he'd be like cool and badass and like have all these clippy lines which is definitely the case later and uh but no he is so lame and uncoordinated and just like constantly getting the shit kicked out of him it's so funny. It's so funny. You can make a drinking game out of every time he is slammed into a bookshelf or something. Right. You would get so drunk. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think actually that like Scotty is the one who gets Cheryl into the basement because Ash has just been like knocked back or something. Yeah. And then Cheryl's just in the basement being annoying the whole time. Mm-hmm. She's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like join us. Uh, yeah. And then we have to have the scene where where they debate like what they're gonna do, and Scotty's like, "No, we'll just board up the windows," and and they're like, "Well, we can't board up the windows against these things. They're in here." Doesn't uh, Scotty's girlfriend get possessed, and then he's just like chill with murdering her? 
Okay, yeah. So the girls go to the bedrooms to chill out. Well, one of them is like knocked out because she got stabbed and is in shock. Uh, the other but, one just goes and takes a nap, which is silly. Yeah, but she is woken up by some noises and she goes to the window and the demon breaks through uh, the unseen demon. And then she gets possessed. Yeah. And we have a pretty cool fight scene, I would say. Like, yeah. For as low budget as this is between uh, Shelly and Scotty. God, these names. Why do they, like, why? So many of them sound alike. And it's just that there's so many, like, shh names. Shelly, yeah, Cheryl. Ash, Cheryl. I can't do it. Linda is, is her own thing. Uh, Scotty. <laughs> this, this movie is a nightmare for podcasters just because of all the, like, plusives you have to you have to say. I knew I could not remember the names. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it. There's Ash and the others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like he said, Scotty very quickly is just like, all right, time to kill my girlfriend. Yeah, he's just like stab time. And they got this like ritualistic knife. Right. The yeah, it's like the only thing that stops them temporarily. Ash tries to help. I think he tries to like shoot her with the shotgun and just misses yeah. or something. Yeah, um, and then he just falls into another bookshelf. Uh-huh. You want to know something that's going to make you... A little angry <laughs> oh no um so they had to for many of the scenes involving the shotgun they had to use live ammunition um <laughs> so like there were two in particular where like he shoots at the door and like there's another one where it's just like yeah they loaded it up and shot the shotgun uh, on the film set and then the rest oh. of the the rest of them they like did it in post and stuff that's so stressful. Yeah, super. There's a there's a scene when they find the shotgun in the basement, mm-hmm. and Scotty points it at Ash's face, and I was like, Ah, no. Yeah, no. And knowing no. that now, especially like. Yeah, like oh no. Like, Scotty's a dick. He's the worst. Yeah, he's the worst. Ugh. I was just like, when does Scotty die? <laughs> right towards the end, unfortunately. But there they chop up his girlfriend. I will say my least favorite special effect, but probably like the most effective, was they like spit milk out. Yeah. So that was. I don't know how much research you did on the special effects and stuff. Not a lot. More just like fun facts. Okay. So I do know that the the milk was used in an effort to like lower the rating of the movie. It didn't work. It was yeah, still what? NC-17, and it got banned in multiple countries. Yeah. Uh, it was worth a shot, I guess. I guess. It's like um, a Danganronpa purple blood. Right. Um, oh, I almost forgot. Shelly gets thrown into the fireplace uh, before they stab her in the back, and so there's like a cool like burn effect. That's the main thing, right? Her hair turns like stark white, I think, and her face does after she gets yep. burned. Um, Pretty gross. Yeah, it's nasty. It's cool. It's cool effects, though. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where she. This is where the shot where she like chews off her hand after getting stabbed. Um, yeah. Uh. Thank you. I don't know what I would have done if I had remained on those hot coals, burning my pretty flesh. You have pretty skin. Real nasty. Super nasty. Uh, but yeah, they chop her up with an axe uh, because that is 
the only way there are two ways to quote unquote cure someone of their demon possession um the first is dismembering all of their limbs and the second one involves them being buried alive um i might be confusing that last one with the remake um because i know that there there's a part later where ash tries to bury linda without dismembering her yeah it does not work no um (laughs) let's see oh and then scotty's just like all right cool i just murdered my girlfriend i'm a bail and uh yeah he just tries to leave he tries to go find that that hiking trail that they passed um and it doesn't go well so we just got ash and linda for a bit yeah he goes to check on her and then she starts like laughing and stuff right she's funny yeah all she does is laugh Uh uh-huh it's like a like a clown or like a creepy doll. Yeah, I mean, she tries to murder too, but she just like sits there and laughs. Scotty comes back and he's like, the trees are possessed. And it's like, yeah, Cheryl tried to tell you that. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't, and then, you wouldn't listen. And then, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then, he gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. And then Linda becomes possessed and she attacks him. Shut up! I think he just like stabs her in the arm or something with the knife. Yeah, and then he just like locks her outside. Mm-hmm. He's he... just like go outside. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's so grief stricken that he cannot bring himself to dismember his girlfriend. No. Sad, sad himbo that he is. He respect her too much. He do respect her too much. He like leaves and he comes back and Cheryl has escaped. Mm-hmm. So he goes into the basement um, where we have a nice little Hills Have Eyes poster Easter egg there, um, which is a reference because in the Hills Have Eyes, there's like a torn picture of Jaws. Um because at the time, Jaws was, quote unquote, the scariest movie ever made. Um, <laughs> and so when they made The Hills Have Eyes, Wes Craven, I think. That sounds okay. right. Um, so when he made that, he was like, well, this is going to be the scariest movie ever made. And so he put that poster on there. And then I guess Sam Raimi was like, well, this is going to be the scariest <laughs> movie ever made. Uh, <laughs> so yeah and so like there's there's a lot of fun easter eggs in the sequels there's like a, a freddy's claw in one of the uh like decrepit cabins or wood shop the easter eggs are really cute i i like them yeah so he goes into the basement to try and find cheryl um and can't for a bit there's the scene with all the blood there's the blood oh, scene yeah 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 that right gross but Mm -hmm. also iconic i feel like yeah like he is downstairs and it's already kind of wet and nasty there's for sure some kind of mold down there and then like the tv turns on and the light bulbs start flickering and then they start getting filled with blood and the light bulb filling with blood it's kind of a cool effect i don't know how they did that um it's but then it like explodes and there's blood everywhere. Um, and poor Bruce Campbell is just like 
choking and hacking on all of it and trying and like just screaming his heart out covered um, in disgusting blood mm-hmm. i did read one thing uh this might just be like like a tall tale um but he says that they covered him in so much caro syrup which is like the blood substitute that they use that like by the end of filming he took off his his wardrobe and he says that it shattered from how like dry and and sticky it had become gross i believe that he was covered in a lot Uh especially if it's like freezing and stuff maybe that maybe there's some credibility but i know there's also like do they have anywhere to shower nope no i thought they smelled so bad yeah no they were That was like, another oh, no. thing is like whenever they did have to go back into town or whatever, um, Bruce would have to like ride in the bed of a truck just covered in fake blood, um, <laughs> which I'm sure That's looked so looked great. Um, That's so funny. I didn't, I didn't see the reports of them like getting pulled over or anything. Uh, uh, did you know you have a person covered in blood in your truck? It's the 80s. It's fine. Nobody cares. They didn't. They did not care in the 80s. Yeah. It's a really cool scene. It's really tense. Um, and it's just so, so messy. Yep. Then he has to go kill his friends. Yeah. Then he gets attacked by Cheryl, him sister. <laughs> and and does... Scott. Right? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah, they're both attacking. When he does bury Linda, there's a lot of scenes. It's Why did I forget that? There's so many scenes where he's just like, shut up, Linda. Shut up. And she's just laughing like wildly. So um, fun. It's so, it's good. He's just so frustrated. He's so dumb. He makes the worst decisions over and over again. Yeah, um, he should just chop her up, but he doesn't. He decapitates her. Scotty and Cheryl. Yes. They're attacking. Uh-huh. And he, he throws the book into the fire. Yeah. And it, it works. <laughs> it works. It works. The, the book starts to burn, um, which I think they try in the, the remake and it doesn't, right? Yeah, no, I don't think it works. It's like fire, fireproof. Or if you're going to have an evil book made of human flesh with spells and stuff in it, you should at least fireproof it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the fight between Cheryl, Ash, and Scotty is pretty drawn out, too. It lasts a good while, and you're just like, why are they not... Like, this could have been over so soon. Just end this poor boy. But I think they're just getting some... They're getting a kick out of just, like, messing with him at this point. Yeah, because they really are just drawing it out, but they they make it seem like the like the the deadites or whatever like messing with people. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, and I guess that's just part of them having all different personalities and and stuff. <laughs> more milk, more milk, more milk here. There's a really like, <laughs> there's a really cool effect where they start to like rapidly decompose. Um, yeah, there's like, like some the- stop motion in there. There's probably some like filming in reverse. There's just like a lot going on uh, for a scene that seems to take forever. I did look that part up too for the effect. There's no like real claim on what the entire recipe is for the decomposing deadite. Um, You can't just make it in your store. But uh, Sam Raimi said that it does involve milk and oatmeal and cockroaches and just about everything else. Um, No! I just don't like milk. It's the milk that does it for you. Right. We we had like, the same thing in the the alien yeah, movie. Alien. 
going to be a trend. Like, uh-huh. I'm being like, I hate milk. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh-huh. it's gross. I, I hate looking at it. I don't like smelling it. Like, it's uh-huh. gross. I feel like when I see it, I can smell it. And it's just. <laughs> well, the good thing is, since there's no power, it would have been cold milk and not stinky warm milk. It's all bad. All milk is bad. <laughs> but I think the 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 deadites, even after they decompose, they like explode with blood or something too. Uh-huh. So Ash is just like completely drenched when he leaves. He think everything is okay. The sun is coming out. Uh, but then the unseen force gotta come in for one last scare, and it attacks <laughs> him from behind. And that's how the movie ends. He uh, goes ah. Ah, it's like a close-up ah. on his face. Uh, and that's it. I'm it's probably, fun. It's very fun. I have a couple of, like, you know, uh, pretentious, like, movie things I can say about it. <laughs> Just like, you know, this, this movie's more of an exercise in, like, gore and dark humor than the plot. But it's, like, it's almost perfect. Like, every, yeah, almost. everything about this, like, finished product is, like intentional from the narrative and visual perspective like even in scenes where it's like super uncomfortably or yeah uncomfortably brutal it's like kind of hard to to look away um it is it's just because it's so simple mm -hmm. it's just fun to watch even though it's scary and there's like horrible stuff happening you're just like oh i want to watch it right i i made the like film student comparison earlier and i think the only like the biggest difference between that and like any any productions that i was on is that when you are on like a tight budget and like short schedule usually it is a matter of like we'll just, we have to get this done as quick as possible like if the shot's not perfect we'll work with it because we've only got so many takes especially then since they're shooting like on film yeah. that that may be more a statement on like the digital format like we can just quick quick get it and go but because they had those limitations each shot had to be like carefully planned you had to block you had to use blocking with your actors be like okay you're gonna take three steps turn and then do this and so that's a style of directing called mise-en-scene i think and usually cool. involves like storyboarding it's a fully like well-drawn-out process. And so I think because of that and the amount of care that went into this movie, it is, like, structurally very, very sound. Um, yeah, you can tell. And, like, you don't have to care about the characters. That's also what I like. Like, it doesn't want you to feel bad that they turned into deadites, really. Like, it doesn't give you long enough to be like, oh, I'm connected to this character and I'm crying because they've been chopped up. Like, you're just like, ha Right. They got chopped up, you know? Like, it's uh-huh. like... It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's more like i don't know it's it's good that they don't let you get like super connected to them at least in this one right ash is the only character that we kind of care about and it's just because he is so dumb <laughs> he's, he's a cute little himbo yes he he loses that himbo status as the series I'm goes so on sad. why so i i'm gonna do a quick plug here real quick for uh, a friend that i went to school with uh she did a video about the series as a whole and she oh. has a theory that um, the events of the first movie might have might have happened within the universe. Um, and then from that point forward, 
the rest of the series is just Ash telling different versions of this first story, uh, like at a bar, at trying to pick up women. Um, <laughs> and so this is backed up by like a couple different things from various like end credit scenes and like the beginning of the TV show, especially with that one. He like says a different story for how he loses his hand and how his ex-girlfriend dies. Um, he doesn't lose his hand in this one. That happens no, in the sequel. Didn't. Yeah. So yeah, this is the, the first movie is like largely standalone, but everything afterwards, like through all the rewrites and stuff is maybe supposed to come from a uh, unreliable narrator. Um, that would make sense. Which is a, is a cool theory. I, I but, super yeah. dig it. Um, if you want to check out that video, it's very good. Uh, it's Nick's Fears on YouTube. It's run by May. She's very, she's very knowledgeable. She knows so much more about like film from a technical standpoint than I ever will. Yeah, I'm just here to talk about like as as a normal watcher. <laughs> I don't know anything about making film. I just know what I like to watch. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think it's cool too. It's I I liked it. What what did Nizno think about it? I think he liked it. Mm -hmm. It's obviously like very weird because it's it's eighties pop culture horror from the US. So right. like for him it's definitely very different than mm -hmm. a lot of things. Cause I mean like US eighties pop culture, I know for a fact it's not like huge in Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, if anyone does not know Nisto lives in Brazil. And I know that's his problem with like Jackbox trivia and different trivia, it'll always make references to um, pop culture from the US. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, why would I know this? Uh -huh. So and I'm sure it's like, I think he liked it, uh -huh. but definitely different. <laughs> yes. The novelty, for lack of a better word, of this first movie is like really what set in motion the rest of the series. Like you mentioned, uh, Stephen King's a huge fan of it. The movie went on to tour in several locations, and each time they made a sequel or whatever, Sam Raimi was essentially given almost total control to do whatever he wanted. Um, aside from yeah, aside from like the endings of like mostly the third one, I think it was like a little shop of horrors where they're like it's too dark no one's gonna like it he's like shut up it's not even called the evil dead anymore people aren't gonna know it's a sequel it's my yeah, movie yeah, it's my movie <laughs> oh and this now says he did like it <laughs> okay good good to know yeah i just have like assorted like scattered thoughts for that we could hit on yeah um, i was banned in a bunch of countries i know you mentioned mm-hmm earlier mainly for the one scene that we talked about yes. um, but i listed it was banned in finland germany iceland and ireland oh so many uh, they described it as misogynistic mm. and due to graphic violence so yeah this the series the, the first movie definitely could fall under like cult classic but i think the series as a whole has branched out to so many different mediums that you can't really call it it's it's yeah. a blockbuster franchise i mean you can play as ash in dead by daylight yeah yeah there are a couple of evil dead video games there's the sequels as as we talked about the musical which i had no idea <laughs> existed yeah. yeah there's a musical i'd be very interested to see how that works 
I love I love all the prolonged zombie noises and staring. That's very good. <laughs> the special effects are wild and fantastic. They break the first rule that you never split the party. Yep, yep. I feel very bad for Shelly almost all the time because Scotty is just the worst. Oh, and that's something. Uh, so this is probably the most, um, talking about the series, this is probably the most, like, quote-unquote, quote, uh, horrific it gets it's the most horror based ones because they become sillier and more comedic as 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 it goes on hmm. also we were we were right uh, at the very beginning of the movie there is a cameo where they pass by a couple of hikers um who wave at them uh, and that is sam raimi and robert tapper that's their cameo Aww, that's cute yeah you were like i'm sure that's who it is uh but, but yeah it's, it's very good it's good. Recommend. Yeah, if you watched it, definitely watch it. It's fun. It's not too long either, so it's short and fun, and it's very violent, but not too violent. It's like it hits all the the right points. Mm-hmm. It's that slapstick. Like it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it, you can't go on taking it too seriously. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let us know if you want us to cover the rest of the series. Um, Ooh, I want to. I want to watch the rest. Your your best bet to find, I mean, I think the TV show, um, which was on Stars, is on Netflix currently. Um, mm. You don't have to have like a total understanding of the movies, really, for any of them. You could watch pretty much any of them out of order and kind of get it because they have a tendency to rewrite so much of the stuff with each new entry. And then your best bet for watching the movies, honestly, just wait till Halloween because they become wildly available across like multiple streaming services usually um that makes sense. that's that's how i watched it i think i watched both of them on hulu last year um not a sponsorship but if you do want to pay us hulu like i'll send you i'll send you my details <laughs> um yeah i think it, is that gonna do it for us here today yeah i i think uh my fun facts have all been shared the stephen king one was my favorite Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up a lot with my mom reading like tons of Stephen King books, so he like oh that's really neat. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he likes it. It does make sense. We don't have bonus episode planned for this one, um, <laughs> just because we're kind we're trying to find our footing again, but we'll get there. Um, I we will, yeah, we will. I I think we can after this week we can get back to like watching something next week, then recording, then watching, then recording. Yeah, like well, getting well, all our notes. We'll find our pattern and it'll be good. Because yeah, I, I love fine. hearing this show so much. Me too. It's so fun. It's so fun. I, I hate that, like, I, I feel like, especially with everything going on lately, I felt kind of scatterbrained. And I right. hate that. But it's just, it's just, I mean, like, Texas froze over and then, like, the mask mandate was lifted and, like, just. Right. There's, uh, you know, just anxiety brains. So, so many things out of our control and we are doing our best as, like, yeah. people and content creators whatever that means um so thank you thank you for hanging out we'll we'll see you all in the next episode goodbye thanks for listening to wholesome spooks our theme song is by simeon williams you can find his work at inner red records if you enjoyed this episode be sure to let us know somewhere on the internet and if you have a topic or suggestion you'd like to see us cover in a future episode hop on over to our patreon to unlock exclusive bonus content and do just that We would super appreciate it if you could give us a review and share the show with a friend. It's the quickest way to help us grow. 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. Thanks for Deadite Dread and double-digit episodes. Mm-hmm.